Shout out at Richard Marks on Twitter. Yes. That's the Richard Marks stuff right there. This, the stuff? <laughs> That's the stuff. That's the right <laughs> stuff, as our previous guest, Mr. Stephen Turner, would say. Yes, indeed. I'm so glad that you're like a real singer, because <laughs> if you had asked me to do that, people would immediately leave this actual podcast and mm-hmm. unsubscribe. They would have found it charming and delightful. I don't agree. I think I think so. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys think? Should Julia do a song intro for Please her say show? No. Please, I think so. Please say no. I think she should. Trust me, you don't want that. I think you should write your own song for the intro. I actually, oh, I actually came up with today's intro. You did. You're welcome. But now we've just broken the illusion that these are all done off the top of our heads. <laughs> well, no, I came up with it like five minutes before. I was coming downstairs because you were ready to record. Yeah. And I was like walking down the stairs seeing it. And I was like, hey, did you hear me? And you were like, no, what? And then I did again. You were like, sounds great. Let's do it. Baller. I so love it. it. I, I mean, I kind of was like five minutes ago. You did good. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Everybody, today's intro is courtesy of Miss Julia Predis. <laughs> You're welcome. Props. Good job. How's it going, gang? Welcome to episode 23 of Ranking the Beatles. Hope everyone is doing well. Feels good today. Yes. It's a Saturday morning. It is a Saturday morning for us, not for our guests. That's right, because we're about (laughs) to travel to the future. (laughs) Um, No, but really, I hope everyone's doing well uh, this week, and um, we are very excited about our show today. Today, it's a crossover episode. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, today's episode is a crossover episode with our pod pals, El Vanilo. Yes! If you have not listened to El Vanilo, highly recommended uh, that you check them out. They have a podcast. It is uh, three people that host it, Matt, Adam, and Grace from the lovely town of Liverpool, and uh, they host a podcast where they are listening, they are going through the entire Rolling Stone magazine top 100 albums of all time, and they then uh, discuss the state of the world at the time that album was released, its cultural impact, and then they compare it to a uh, a new album or a top uh, chart album each week, um, and kind of A B the two and see how they sit culturally, uh, taste wise, preference wise. It's a whole lot of fun. Um, and, uh, we have become long distance pod pals. We've been on their show and now they are finally here on ranking the Beatles today. And because of the way that, uh, time works and time zones, it is the early evening, late afternoon. Yeah. They're probably talking about what they're going to have for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Which I'm probably going to ask them about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what we do. What you guys have for dinner? I like food. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, highly recommended you go look up El Vanilo and subscribe to their podcast because it is one of our favorite listens. We both listen to it uh, individually while we're working during the week. And then we're always like, oh, man, did you hear what they said about blah, 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 blah? It's fun. <laughs> it's also an absolute treat because, um, as most of you know, uh, times are a bit stressful. Yeah. 
And their voices are very calm to me. They are. Like, they just have very calm, relaxing voices. It's true. Um, so it's just, it's really nice to listen to because they just delightfully discuss music in the most charming way. <laughs> and it brings me so much joy. Yeah, they're good people. I love it. We like them a lot. So let's, uh, let's, let's cut out the malarkey, as they say. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Please welcome to our show, Matt, Adam, and Grace, the hosts of El Vanilo. Yay. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hey guys. How are we doing, gang? Good to what see is? everybody. Yeah. Wonderful. How are things today in uh, in Liverpool? Hey, oh, sunny and bright as ever. Sunny, <laughs> bright, and hazy. Ooh, <laughs> a hazy shade of winter, as they say. Yeah. Seems a lot of fireworks going off because it's been bonfire night recently, and so there's still a little bit of a haze from uh, hmm. the fact that we want to burn a man. So the air just is smoke. <laughs> so, so uh, what is what is bonfire night? I don't. You go for this because I, I will. Oh, I totally forgot that it wasn't just yeah. a thing so that we bonfire, do. Or Guy Fawkes night, or Bommy night. Yeah, we call it, is a night in which we remember in England when a Catholic, I believe he was Dutch, uh, by the name of Guy Fawkes, uh, hatched a plot with a bunch, hatched a plot, sorry, with a bunch of other uh, people to blow up the houses of Parliament mm -hmm. when the king was sitting in there. James, Charles, Edward, one of the kings, <laughs> um, was uh, was going to be in there, and uh, and then he got discovered, and they. Uh, tortured him a lot they put his uh, thumbs in screws and all that um, and then he was hung drawn and quartered yeah um, and so and we, we celebrate yeah and we celebrate that <laughs> so we have a party every year good on you party. pal <laughs> we, uh, we, we raised fireworks because he was going to blow up the uh, the house of parliament so we we let our fireworks Bonfires. There's a, a tradition called Penny for the Guy, where mm. kids will dress up. They don't do it so much nowadays, uh, but growing up, they always used to do it where they would dress up a mannequin, essentially, um, mm. sit outside a shop and basically heckle you and yell at you saying Penny for the Guy. <laughs> You'd have to give them give a penny. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. amazing. That's pretty great. Very like, weird tradition. Permission. Kids, so you have to give them your money. Yeah, like as a kid, getting permission to just heckle people. <laughs> She's like, hey, kid, go mess with all the grown-ups. That's amazing. That's, that's kind of my dream right there. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Very cool. Very nice. Well, I know you guys are back in, uh, in lockdown again, so thank you all for taking time out of your obviously busy schedules to, <laughs> to join us today on Ranking the Beatles. <laughs> we had to rearrange a lot to make this happen. So. <laughs> I appreciate your commitment to the cause. Thank you. Um, so as I was explaining in the, uh, in the intro, uh, y'all host a podcast reviewing the Rolling Stone magazine Top 100 Albums of All Time, which is mm -hmm. amazing. Um, since we are on a Beatles-focused podcast, though, I want to talk a little bit of Beatles with you guys. Uh, yes. So if you don't mind, everybody, um, and since this is a kind of, I guess, kind of the top of the show, uh, I'll ask you all this question and ask you to preface it with your name so our guests can identify uh, who everyone is as we go through the show. Hmm. Um, so tell me, if you would, how did you first uh, discover or get into the Beatles, which I assume is going to be kind of a easy 
thing because you are from Liverpool. Um, <laughs> but you know, what's like your first memory of of hearing the Beatles or discovering the Beatles? You should go first. Adam, do you want to go first? Because I think yours, yours will probably be the most interesting story. I don't oh, know. I don't know. Um, well, my name is Adam. Has been mentioned. Um, my first listening to the Beatles. Mine comes in two parts. Uh, so I remember growing up, um, where my dad. So mine and Matt's dad Matt is my brother, who you'll hear from in a moment. Um, growing up, our dad would would put the Beatles on along with other things. He he likes a lot of Eric Clapton and U two, um, and it was the nineties. So Oasis and Robbie Williams were very much prevalent. Yeah. Um, and I remember I remember hearing some Beatles things, but then I don't remember really loving the Beatles that much um, but then my, or really paying that much attention to them but I remember them being there and then when I really started listening to them and having a relationship with them I guess you could say that's not a bit weird but um, going really deep with them was <laughs> when I was about <laughs> about uh, 14, 14, 15 when I was in what we call year 9 I don't know what grade that is uh, in, in American terms, but uh, year nine, fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's ninth grade. <laughs> that one, <laughs> that one. Um, and uh, and my friend, I have a friend called uh, Danny Daniel Latham. And uh, shout out to Danny. He shout out to Danny, friend <laughs> friend of all the shows. And uh, and he was like, oh, we were on Xbox because that's all we did, uh, playing Halo or something like that. And he was like, Adam, have you listened to the Beatles? And I was like, oh no, they're old. My dad likes them. I don't not into them he was like no 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 listen to the beatles and so i did and my life changed forever yeah oh, oh, Thank wow. you, oh, oh no in a series <laughs> absolutely what was, uh, what, what was the one that that connected to you first you think i think it was definitely definitely twist and shout because i remember watching a video of them playing it live mm -hmm. and i always thought they were just well, i didn't know what they were but i thought they were just stuffy old music and then i watched them live and the energy and of course Ringo's drumming of course yeah. and the, <laughs> the energy of Paul and John singing together and, and George just playing immaculately and just yeah and the fact that and the screams from the audience and you can barely hear them but what you can hear is just so twist and shout and then please uh, not please believe me uh, I saw her standing there Yeah. so I saw her standing there was also the one that was just imprinted in my brain and I watched it I remember watching it and being like I, I want to be and it was Paul McCartney I want to be Paul McCartney yeah in fact it was I have to be Paul McCartney <laughs> this guy is incredible yeah like everything he, he is doing on this stage whilst thinking I saw her standing there is what I want to be yeah so that was that was me at kind of 14, 15 just falling in love with these four lads from Liverpool love it four lads from up the street almost yeah just from down the road <laughs> just just up the road a bit yep uh, Grace you want to go next Okay, so um, I really growing up, I don't think I listened to that much Beatles at all, other than you know the ones that you hear everywhere, like Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine had been turned into a football chant when I was at school. That's so bizarre. <laughs> there was like a joke between <laughs> the two like big football teams in Liverpool, so Liverpool Football Club and Everton Football Club. What mm -hmm. like the the fans is obviously like, the, the big like rivalry between them and. I don't know, Matt Adam. Do you remember this? And they and we all live in a yellow submarine. We didn't like the colour, so we so painted we, it green. So we painted it green. <laughs> green washed away. So we painted it red. Mm -hmm. And then, if you were a, 
a Liverpool. And if you supported Liverpool, you'd say, and all the Evertonians dropped down dead. But if you supported <laughs> Everton, you would say, but red wasn't waterproof and now we're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so that's probably the extent of my childhood knowledge about the Beatles. And then a couple of years ago, I had friends visiting from America. And um, they wanted to go to the Beatles Museum. They wanted to do the whole tour. Um, so I pretended I knew loads and I was like, sure, I'll show you. It's great. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we went to the museum and I was like suddenly in the museum, like the number one fan. I was like whooping and making like all the ooh and ah noises. And I was like obsessed. I came out like, guys, the Beatles are amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Have you all heard of this local band? <laughs> <laughs> really underground. No one's really heard of it. <laughs> And then we went like to the Cavern Club, you know, like the not actually the the original but we went there and i was like guys this is the we are in the cavern club like oh my gosh um, and and it was amazing i was obsessed but i'm such like i changed my mind 24 7 and since then i haven't really listened to that much beatles music i was clearly the number one fan at that point in the museum i was like in the gift shop like i want to buy all yeah. the merchandise <laughs> There's something um, about like a well-done museum or gift shop. Like when I yes. went to Elvis's Graceland the first time, <gasps> I had oh. to buy all the stuff. Yes. And like, I didn't need it. <laughs> I bought a bunch. I of, hadn't. Yeah. I don't need I it. I went to Graceland. I bought a, a phone case with Elvis on it. I bought a blanket with him on it. Ooh. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't need Elvis on my phone. But, right? <laughs> but that like, blanket seemed so right at the time. <laughs> So snuggly with Elvis's face on right? it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, it, it did something to me, that museum. It really did. Yeah. <laughs> was it the one that's like um, down on Albert Dock? What was it like the, yes. the Beatles it, story? The Beatles story. Yeah. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah, that was a really cute museum. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. It was mm. good. You chatted up the, um, the ticket girl for like 20 minutes. It was a 20 minutes. It was like five minutes. I think you invited her to stay in our guest room. I 100% did. <laughs> Look, if you ever come to New Orleans, we have a guest room. You can stay in here. I gave her my email address. I was like, if you ever come, just email me. You'll be fine. We'll take care of you. <laughs> it was really sweet. Matt, how about you? <laughs> so, so I, Adam was into the Beatles, but I wasn't really into them. I was like, man, these are a bit and probably because of what Grace was saying about that football song mm -hmm. like all you used to hear in Liverpool was like Yellow Submarine and they were a bit of like the Beatles weren't cool anymore in like the mm -hmm. 90s and Liverpool wasn't the same as I mean it's always been a pretty deprived area and city but through the 80s it had been like kind of attacked even more by the government and gone through <laughs> rough times and Liverpool wasn't a place you wanted to be and so as like growing up I I just hate, hated hearing Yellow Submarine all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I just was so gimmicky. Um, so it, so when Adam was into it, I was like, oh, I don't really, mm. don't really care. Like, you know, he'll come around. He'll come around. And <laughs> I, I basically, when I turned 18, I got the offer to go on tour to Israel, right, to do be part of an orchestra. And I needed to fill my iPod up with music that would last me the amount of time that I was going to be out there. And I had to go out for like a month. And so I just thought, oh, I'll just put this Beatles stuff on. And on the way out, I listened to um, Oh Darling. Oh, and and yeah. it just changed my life. And then after <laughs> that, it wasn't in order, but uh, I heard um, I Want You, She's So Heavy. Yeah. Oh. 
wow, this, is this the same band as that yellow submarine <laughs> <laughs> that I've been listening to and growing up with? And so that since then, I, I well, I got home. I apologised to Adam. It was like the prodigal. <laughs> I welcomed him back with open arms. How benevolent. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, show me all of it. Have you heard this? And Adam was like, yeah, I've been listening to it for like five years. <laughs> we, we'd, growing up, we'd had a few conversations. I'm going to say conversations. They were more like little disagreements where he's like they can't even play they can't even play they have to be taught their instruments and i was like no they're they're amazing he's like no no they're awful they're awful and then he comes back crawling i've seen the light kind of like bypassed it like i was kind of into it sounds stupid now but i was into like pop punk and new metal and stuff like that Mm. and if you listen to the Beatles, you're kind of like oh they can't chant the Beatles don't even <laughs> chant. There's no seven string in the Beatles. But then, like, you realize that some things age well and some things age pretty badly. Right. <laughs> Looking at you, corn. Yeah. <laughs> Freak on a leash. Right. Now, what, what's the what's the age difference between you between you two? Uh, four years, is it? Okay. I don't know. I have no idea. Something, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was already there when I turned off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love it. Excellent. Um, and now all three of you are musicians, correct? Yes. And what do we all individually play? So, so I mean, it's a bit of a mix. We we all kind of grew up in this like church music movement thing. So we all we all play with like worship music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I play guitar really, and electric guitar is my main instrument. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I am guitar bass purely because i wanted to be paul mccartney and uh, and and drums which was my first instrument nice same yeah uh, yeah and i'm uh, drums guitar um bit of bit of piano saxophone man and the rest oh. and the, grace plays it all this is what we I learn I know. over time grace can play everything and it's like really frustrating she's one of those people which like you never even know because she doesn't talk about it but then she'll pick one up and go oh look it's one of these <laughs> 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 Oh, okay, cool. I just like to get a lot of instruments. The quality that I play them is <laughs> up for debate, but... <laughs> what is it? Like a jack-of-all-trades, master of none? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's absolutely me. <laughs> um, you know, I guess, so I guess let's think about it, you know, from a, a musical perspective for a moment. You know, in what ways would you say... Uh, you know, the Beatles have impacted the way you approach playing music. Well, I, and, I and know that. Is there a way that it impacts in worship music that you can th- that you can point to? Because okay. I don't know too much about worship music. Like the churches in New Orleans, for the majority, are all like Roman Catholic. Like, there's not a lot of like younger churches with like a worship music scene here that's not really a thing here but i think when i think about it like the like melody is king with the beatles isn't it like they write melodies and so they'll they might have like complex chord structures but at the end of the day everyone can sing it and it's catchy and so that is like the elements of worship music that I guess everybody is wanting to achieve is that it's like congregational mm-hmm. and everyone can get up and everyone can sing it. And so for me, that's the thing 
that makes you think like you're simplifying it all the time but at the same time you're then trying to like i don't know make it interesting which is what i think the beatles do really well and stand the test of time so i I think there's a lot to learn but i think i mean a lot of it in like christian worship circles is like quite for like the four chords and you don't you wouldn't play a second and you definitely wouldn't play any like i don't know tension chords in any of that so Mm -hmm. it's like a down version of that again i don't know what you guys think that's a great question Mm -hmm. thank you i mean speaking personally about about my own kind of music learning i i definitely think that listening because i was a drummer first before i even picked up a guitar um, and a bass i think i definitely wanted to incorporate some of ringo's because i can't i can't shuffle for the life of me ringo's like little shuffle i can't do that i've tried (laughs) i can't get it down but some of his fills which are so simple yet so effective and and it's not overplaying, it's playing, saving the song and doing the, you know, mm-hmm. doing what's needed to be done. Trying to incorporate that into into films, which as a 16-year-old who wants to play every single drum at the same time, right. <laughs> super fast, yeah, was a good lesson for me to learn, um, especially in, in a, a worship church setting mm-hmm. where you don't really need a 12-minute, you know, drum solo. It's not really called for. <laughs> um, I mean, no, it is, like, but it... There's no, like, Zeppelin, Moby Dick... Yeah. <laughs> Everyone take a twenty-five minute break. Yeah. <laughs> the drummer's yeah. got no this. one. No one needs a Buddy Rich John Bonham special <laughs> in the middle of Amazing Grace. But, but what they do need We're is they. Uh, a, a drummer recently to do some recording for us, and I asked him to take his toms off so that he could do that Ringo thing where he wouldn't play too much. You know what I mean? And like mm. now, I'm just like I want a Ringo feel. Like I, I don't care. Like if that's what I just want it. Do you know what I mean? I want yeah. it like and i want to be able to hear every note of it and it's like i don't know what it is so i guess that's how it like yeah like can i put these two extra toms on i'm like uh, maybe not <laughs> let's leave them at home yeah. <laughs> how about you grace what do you think i'm probably well matt adam and i always have this discussion about ringo it's a yeah. discussion uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um and I, I hate the Ringo swing. Sorry, guys. Sorry, oh. I'm just gonna. Should I leave? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you can stay. But I, I, I just feel like listening to it. I don't believe that it was ever purposeful. I don't. I don't believe. I, ju- I think he genuinely. When you can hear the ring, the Ringo swing, he just can't play on the beat in those songs. No. He just can't. He can't. He can't. <laughs> and, it bugs me. and it bugs me that someone has labeled it as Ringo Swing because I'm like, no, he just couldn't. Do Interesting. It. So, let, so let's A B it to like <laughs> something where he plays it super straight, right? He doesn't swing at okay. all in my life, and he's actually yeah. barely doing, you know, barely playing anything except for just like this syncopated beat. Mm-hmm. There's no swing to that. But, but we would say like style, style that he has is like amazing it's all about the feel and stuff like that whereas grace just disagrees with us about that yeah i think that i think sometimes the feel that people say that they that he plays with is actually not not a lot not a lot of skill and that he's just stumbling through but i also i don't know i have a big issue with a lot of early Beatles music with the way it like everything from the way it's recorded and everything but of course at the time it's being recorded everything i don't know me no, and that, Ringo. That, 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 that's a valid point, though. Um, 
one of my, a friend of mine who was a guest on the show a few weeks ago, um, Stephen Turner. He has like big gripes with how like the first sixty percent of the Beatles catalog is recorded, mm-hmm. um, and even into like the mid late sixties. Like when you a b it to like how things were, I guess like because American studios were a little bit further advanced technologically than than English studios. So like those records sound like way different. Um, yeah. And he always is griping about that, which I don't understand. I mean, I get it, but I don't necessarily agree. But it, that's okay. <laughs> that's the whole joy of this is it's all subjective. It's all yeah, individual yeah. taste. And I think, I guess for me hearing that, it, that, that probably doesn't do anyone justice, does it? I mean, if, if the, the way it's recorded and, you know, the, the things that you're using aren't great. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost never does. I mean, nothing ever sounds... A record never sounds like it does, like, in the room for the no. most part, you know? It's always a very different thing, which is which is a shame, I think. And there's always sort of your classic battle of, like, technical versus appeal, I guess. You know, like, is j- just because something's not technically perfect doesn't mean it's bad. Just because, you, you know, there's always sort of, like, that, that battle of, like okay, like maybe it's not technically perfect, but it just sounds really good and people like it. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people think yeah. people want that Ringo swing because that's what's, that's what I mean, clearly good. they do. Like I'm the minority here, but you know. I, d- I don't think he's the best, but I would pick him every time. Mm. <laughs> I can, I, I can see that. I can see that. I, 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 I kind of co-signed to that. Um, mm. I always, I never really argue with the drummer in my band. Um, but when we do, it's usually, I'm like, can you play a little less, a little more oh, like yeah. Ringo? Maybe and he's like, Oh God, I hate Ringo <laughs> <laughs> for Christmas. His, his two least favorite drummers are Ringo Starr and, uh, Travis Barker from oh. 82. Like, uh, my two favorite drummers. The king of overplaying though. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. for Christmas a few years ago, I got him, uh, the signature sticks of both Ringo Starr and Travis Barker. Ooh, and Travis's are like painted white with like graffiti, uh, his, his name like graffitied onto the handle. Oh, it's so stupid. So over the top. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Well, let's... Our latest episode, we um, were looking at Machine Gun Kelly's uh, latest album where Travis Barker was on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really loving it. Absolutely loving this. Uh, Is it good? I haven't, made the, I haven't made the leap into Machine Gun Kelly yet. I, I've been kind of curmudgeonly pushing it off like Ooh, this is for the children i can't listen to this <laughs> i'm out of i've aged out of his demographic <laughs> i'll probably give it a listen after i hear the episode mm. that's listen generally how it us. works now yes well it's yeah. funny matt you were talking earlier about like your wheelhouse you know as a, a teen being like you know pop punk new metal and i was like oh, i was so old when that was happening like my teen was like grunge that was like like college yeah that was like college for me co- like when college. i was a teen it was like all grunge like you know nirvana pearl jam like that was my wheelhouse and he jonathan like totally missed that whole thing because he was obsessed with like the beatles and bb king like he just like put his blinders oh, on and just like went right through grunge and ignored it mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like i mean it was just like so dark and heavy and i was just i was uh, 13 year old and it just wasn't it didn't grab me at the time you know it wasn't until later that i was like oh this is okay this is really i'm not faulting you why do you shame me i don't it's fine (laughs) i love that about you 
We were such like suburban middle class. Like, I mean, we had no reason why we should be into any of that stuff. Like, oh, one hundred percent. I think it was the influence of the Tony Hawk's games. I think <laughs> Tony <Yeah>. Hawk's <laughs> underground pro skater. Yeah, and because I shared a room with Matt, and he's the eldest. Whatever he listens to, it, well, I was listening to it then, unfortunately. Right. So that's why, that's why I was like, oh, yeah, Linkin Park, love Linkin Park. Like, <laughs> that's true. I really got much in common with anyone who listens to Linkin Park. But I love it anyway. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, let's uh, let's pause for a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we will jump into this week's song. Cool. cool. Amazing. All right, we will be right back. End of part one. Intermission. End of intermission, part two. My friends, are y'all ready to do some ranking? So ready. Woohoo! All right, um, Grace, if you would please, uh, can I have a drum roll? Oh gosh! Come on! Um, I heard so. <laughs> Always be ready. <laughs> I was watching. I was listening to another day and someone drum rolled on their boo. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. That's okay. Do that. You don't have to. You hear this? Yes. Yep. Coming in at you number got your practice pad there? <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> Do you have a practice pad nearby? I, I always have a practice pad. No, Perfect. I love it. <laughs> Coming in at number 195 is When I Get Home. Whoa, whoa, ah! So a brief rundown on the history of When I Get Home. Written about May 1964, When I Get Home is recorded for the album A Hard Day's Night, not to be included in the film, but on the second side of the record. Uh, now, by all accounts, this song was written during or shortly after a much-deserved vacation to Tahiti, where John took uh, his wife Cynthia, as well as George and his new girlfriend Patty Boyd, who he recently met on the set of the film A Hard Day's Night. Uh, and this followed a period of work that saw the band release their second number one album in the UK, Conquer America, make the film A Hard Day's Night, record the album A Hard Day's Night, in addition to a number of concerts, TV appearances, and BBC sessions. So the song seems to be cut from the same cloth as A Hard Day's Night, uh, kind of the concept of you know working hard and looking forward to getting home to your loved one, and you know being that the band is working so hard at this time, I think it may be maybe possibly a little more on the low-key autobiographical side of things, kind of like Help was, where, you know, maybe this is actually like what he's longing to do is just like get off the road, get out of the studio, and just be home with his wife for a little bit. Uh, the band recorded the track in one evening on June 2nd in a session that also saw them tackle any time at all and things we said today, uh, the, and this is the last session for the Hard Day's Night album itself. The next day, in fact, Ringo collapses during a photo shoot from a severe case of tonsillitis, and the following day, the band are on tour again with fill-in drummer Jimmy Nickel. Uh, the band never actually performed this song live in concert or on the BBC, 
making that day the only uh, time that the band ever performed or worked on this particular song. Which it always blows my mind that there are songs that they just played one day. That was yeah. it. Never touched mm-hmm. it again. So, why do I have uh, When I Get Home at 195? Um, I think this era, this early 64 era, is really John's kind of first breakout as a songwriter. Um, he completely dominates the Hard Day's Night album. He's the main writer or singer on nine of the 13 songs on the record, and it's the first record in which uh, the band writes every song on the album. Um, creatively, the band are taking a really big step away from kind of the early Mersey beat sound and really creating, I guess, kind of a blueprint of what like a quote unquote Beatles song is. Um, all of John's tracks on here are ridiculously catchy, uh, overflowing with ideas musically, clever chord changes, melodies, lyrics that are great. And while they're still kind of, you know, innocent and, you know, lovey dovey, they're a bit more mature, maybe a bit more sexual. Um, and I think it leads to kind of what seems like a bit more confidence than that John exudes on the record here. Um, he knows he's at the top of his game. The band is at the top of their, of their game in the pop world. And I think that attitude shines through all over the album. Um, the track I think is really interesting musically. Um, now on the record, they're starting to be a, on this album. I think in particular, they're becoming a bit more creative arrangement wise. Um, and they've learned that like you can start a song with the chorus and they do it <laughs> three times on the album. Uh, with <laughs> can't buy me love. Tell me why anytime at all. And then um, when I get home as well, the song that we're talking about, <laughs> um, the beginning of the track, it kind of crashes in with this interesting vocal harmony. That's a bit dissonant in its delivery um, and definitely kind of draws your ear up at, at first at first listen. Uh, now, even the song, which I think arguably might be the most forgettable song on this record. Um, John's vocal just shines through. It's this big, husky kind of ballsy presence that elevates the whole track. Uh, now, compliments aside, I do think the song suffers a little bit for maybe being kind of a rush job. Um, the vocals, the group vocals are a bit sloppy in the chorus. Uh, there's some vocal cracks if you listen through during uh, in the choruses as well. Um, Paul's bass track is kind of uncharacteristically simple, which I think is the product of maybe only spending three, three hours learning and recording the song. Um, he usually is kind of bouncing all over the place at this point. And he just sticks to root notes almost the entire track, which is very different for him. Um, and then the song suffers from one of John's all-time, and maybe one of Rock's all-time big dump lyrics, which is, I'm gonna love her till the cows come home. I'm gonna love her till the cows come home. How is there How is there nothing better for this, guys? Like, You've got two of arguably rock music's greatest songwriters and lyricists and no one could go let's take five minutes let's redo this bridge we're close but let's maybe reapproach this and at the same time in the same song he uses the word trivialities a five syllable word that's like a triple word score thing from scrabble like you would make so many points off trivialities um but it's countered with till the cows come home. I just, I don't get that. He works that. trivialities into a song and like uses it correctly. Right. Like, <laughs> like, he didn't just slap it in there. As it's like, so impressive. Yeah. This, this word works. It's such a high and then such a low, um, which is just bonkers. But the, the wild thing I think is that like his vocal is so strong that he sells that line, even as goofy as it is, it sounds cool. Um, and so, you know, I think the song rocks, it moves really quickly. It's really pretty short. Uh, it's the product of a band who, you know, even when tossing off a filler track, 
they're so invested and involved in each other and the music and the process at this point. Uh, I think they're so excited to be doing what they're doing that they can turn something uh, so slight into something super real and exciting. And I think that elevates the song way higher than any song should be that has the lyric till the cows come home in it. Um, (laughs) So my two cents, I open the floor to you all. I can't. I, I'm I'm taking issue with that that lack of respect for when the cows. No, <laughs> I think that's such a because it's so fun and it's such a. I mean, I don't. If I have any issue with the song, it's the follow up to Astri says, uh, "To the gotta love it till the cows come home," and then I'll love her more until I walk out the door again. I think that bit's more rushed. I I like the fact that he thought, "What's a fun thing we can jam in here?" I yeah, know, till the cows come home. That, to me, it, it grabs me. It makes it. A bit more. It's a very human song. This one, isn't it? It's very much a conversation that he's kind of having. I've always pictured John Lennon running around this room, telling people, "Get out of my way! I'm going home to see to see my wife, to see my lover, whatever it is." And that that I've always conjured up that picture. And I like the fact that it's this excited, almost schoolboy, almost mm-hmm. this excited fella just waiting to go back and and be with his wife. And so I like the fact that he kind of forgets himself. He has this big words trivialities, and then he forgets that and keeps it simple with "till the cows come home." Sorry, I take it. I take issue with that. That's now, actually a really interesting point because it's almost like you know, as he's trying. If you think about you know, as he's trying to get out of wherever he is, and he's got the ability to use these big words like triviality, and then when he's home, and it's like this kind of simple, uh, you know animalistic kind of sexual thing and it just then it's told the cows come home you know yeah uh, interesting Definitely. interesting so it keeps it simple but okay i'm a big fan yeah. i'm with jonathan on the lyric i i hate that lyric. i'm gonna say it's my least favorite beatles lyric i think i think of one that i hated more because if, if they changed it i don't know what you change it to but i would I would love this song way more if that lyric wasn't there. Yeah, I, I have a few problems with the, with the lyrics because um, I I don't know. Like I've got a few like a few things. I've got a whole lot of things I'm gonna say to her. <sighs> is that the only thing we're doing? Is like I just got to get home and say something so, like, <laughs> like, like, like that animalistic thing you're talking about, but but it isn't really. You're, it's just, <laughs> just still politely uh, English. No, <laughs> we're gonna have a serious conversation when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, you'll never guess what Paul did in the studio. Well, and this predates iPhones, so he can't write down notes on his phone as to what's happening. So he's got to say when he gets home, otherwise he forgets. Yeah, it's got a whole day. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> I don't like it. That's pretty bad. I apologize. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Grace? Guys, this song led me down a rabbit hole and listened to this whole album, which I'd never, I didn't know this, this album existed. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, nor this song, obviously. Um, and this album, I, I, I love it. All right. I love this whole thing. Guys, this is a, yeah, my first full album of the Beatles that I've listened to. I love it. Um, and this song, I loved it. I felt like I was in Greece, the musical, not the country. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Grease Musical. I grew. I was obsessed with it. I would watch it on. It, we had the tape and the 
label was worn off because I would watch it so much as a child. Yes. I, and this made me feel like I was in the musical, just dancing. You know, when they're doing like the jive and everything in, in what is it, in the prom that they're at or something? I just can't remember. I felt like I was there dancing to this music. It was amazing. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to hand jive, but you can't see it on the, mic, on the, <laughs> on the, on the video. And potato. I've written in my notes that I apologize to Ringo Starr. Yeah. What? Guys, yes. my formal apology to Ringo. Yo, there are so many I, big moments on this podcast today. Let her I, speak. I can't, <laughs> I can't actively send this to him because any mail will be tossed. But nice. <laughs> <laughs> the throwback continues. The circle has not been broken. Well done, please. That was a good joke. That Beautiful. So good. So good. <laughs> um, but I did. I loved it. I thought Ringo, not just on this song, the whole album, he's doing bits. Mm-hmm. He is, and I loved it. That, um, oh man! Yeah, and I mean, I did obviously. I didn't didn't look too deep into the lyrics because sure. I was thinking about the fact that I was dancing in, in Greece, the musical. Yeah. Um, Beauty school dropout. Exactly, with not a care in the world to the lyrics, so I don't <laughs> mind. I mean, now that now that you've brought them up, I mean, it's just you know, it's a bit of fun till the cows come home. We can all we can all have some fun, can't we? Yeah, <laughs> you know they're in a film. The film itself isn't taking itself too seriously, so yeah. why not? Why not do the same? Reflect that in the music, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think you're yeah. right. I think the song does really do a good job of capturing that youthful energy of yeah. you know, s- sort of being young and excited and and love and wanting to get mm. back home to your partner and you know do all those things you do behind closed doors. <laughs> it, what? Gross. <laughs> they talk. Serious talk. conversation. Yeah, they're, they're having conversations. It's fine. Um, yeah, it does like a great job of capturing that, and I think even sort of the the bit of not really sloppiness, but like the the imperfection of like mm. the the harmonies and such that you mentioned mm-hmm. lend itself to the topic of the song like they're ready to yeah. get the like finish the song let's go i want to get home to my partner to my wife like i want to get home to my person my like oh god <laughs> come on <laughs> who are you today oh, oh. very topical barati is out here we go oh my god um, you just threw me off. Sarah had to do it again. So. <laughs> um, so I think the the bit of like rushed nature of the the feel of the song lends itself to the subject of the song. Like I think they go really well together. Like yeah. we've been in the studio with I assume a bunch of dudes. Like we know everyone in the band is a dude. They're probably mostly dudes working in the studio. Yeah, true. Um, I'm done with you people. <laughs> I want to go home to my lady mm-hmm. and do that right now. So, like, let's get this song recorded. We're going to do it in a couple hours. I don't want to do it 17 times. <laughs> Moving on. Just 11. Yeah. Just 11. <laughs> they only did 11. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. actually quite a lot. Not really. I mean, for a song that they learned in that three-hour period. Oh, fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, you know, it's really not that many times. I mean, no, yeah. not at all. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I think I think it works. Like the cows come up, it's fun. It's not the best, but like everything can't be strawberry fields or whatever. Like it can't. It, it doesn't all have to be all serious all the time. True. Like they're yeah. young. Let them enjoy themselves. Let them have fun. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
Fine. Let them do it till the cows come home. <laughs> As the you and then they'll do it again until they walk out the door. <laughs> you do have to remember how young they are here, don't you? Like mm-hmm. that is important, isn't it? I, yeah. I love the sound of this song. Actually, I love like the chord structure in it. I love the way it starts on an A, even though we're in C. Do you know, yeah. like just yeah. Like, I just thought the music was really cool to it when I started looking into it. Um, but I just think it's so fun. Grace, I'm so, I'm just still so buzzing. That's honestly yeah. revolutionary. Uh-huh. And it now makes me want to go and listen to other stuff because I think, yes. like like Matt, you were saying, like Liverpool, like growing up, you wouldn't listen to the Beatles. I think it was like quite a thing that people would be like, oh, the Beatles, like that's not all Liverpool is. Like mm-hmm. everyone talks about the Beatles, but more than that. And so it was quite like, a, oh, I'm not listening to them. They're so overrated. But now after this, I'm going to go and just listen to more. <laughs> oh, man, yes, this makes me honestly. happy. <laughs> what? Uh, so I, I'm just curious in relation to the album. What else stands out to you mm. on that album? Oh, because there's so many good songs. I on read that it out. Oh, okay. Um, I'm happy just to dance with you. I love the sound of the toms in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a good cowbell. So you can't do that. Oh, that, I, I love that song so much. Mm-hmm. I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Tell me why. Oh, love. I'll be back. Do you know what? So many. I. I will go as far to say there's not really one on here that I would say is like a bad song. Yeah. I would go that far. There really, there really isn't. It's such a good record. Honestly. It's, it's such a good record. Uh, I, um, there's it's a, an underrated Beatles album. Like, tremendously. I, I really think it's underrated. Um, Absolutely. So good. Yeah. yeah. I think it's as far as like kind of early Beatle, early period Beatles, like this is their high point. Um, you know, it's the first time that they have written all the songs on the record. There's not a a bad song on there. There's not a a slow moment. Um, you know, it's it's really just it's all cylinders are they're firing on, and and then you can see on the next record on Beatles for Sale, you know, they've been they've worked you know incredibly hard for the last year, and they don't have enough songs for the record, so. Uh, they've got to go back to some cover songs and they're kind of hitting that point of like exhaustion creeps in and you can hear it on some of the songs. They're a little tired and they're still great songs, but like that excitement isn't quite as palpable as it is on this record. I think, um, yeah, I love this. This whole album is fantastic. Uh, I assume you've all seen the film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clips. Oh. <laughs> Going to have to yeah, have Grace, it. Honestly, oh, the film is, I think the acting is is something else in its own right, but I just think you can see the excitement of all four of them, how excited they are to be doing this other project, because I don't think any of them really thought not only would they be very successful recording artists, but also film stars that people want to see and that has this hype around it. So I think it's an extra layer of giddiness mm-hmm. for them, really. Yeah, because they grew up seeing you know Elvis in films and you know go into the movies like as, you know, three friends you know like i think john and john paul and george all went to see an elvis film or two together like because they've been playing together since like 57 or 58 um Hmm. so for them to now be on the other side of that camera is like the ultimate thrill for them you know um it is really an it's an enjoyable film yeah and that excitement is really there um that i think shines you know on the film and on the record itself that's just it's just fun it's just so much fun so, so okay. Let's let's circle back here. Uh, one number one ninety five out of two twenty three. 
What do y'all think? Higher, lower, just right? I think it is probably just right, with it being a bit of a filler song, mm-hmm. like we've said. Whilst whilst it's got that gold touch, Midas moments moments in it, it is a bit of a filler one still. Um, the fact that it, it didn't make it on the actual album, they never played it live, it's not got any significance culturally for the Beatles. It's not one, if you're going to have a, you know, a ultimate 10 song playlist of the Beatles, this one might not get in. Right. Let's say. So I, I think you've, you've got it just right there for me, I think. On 95, it sits there. It, it's good, but it is just where it needs to be. Yeah. I want it higher. Yeah. I want it higher. Ooh. I mean, that's probably down to the fact that out of all of the Beatles music that exists in the world, I've probably listened to like 10% of it. Right. <laughs> but of the 10%. This is up there. <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad that we've like, We've pulled her in a little bit. Yes. This is good stuff, Honestly, man. we found some joy oh, for Grace. Yes, amazing. <laughs> I want what? you to like make her like an intro to the Beatles, like playlist Ooh. or something. Ooh, yes. Guys. Give me like your your top. I don't know, like if you all give me your top ten, that'll give me a good way to start. Spoiler for your list, though, that isn't going to work. That's tough. Yeah, I was just thinking that kind of ruins the whole uh, podcast. Uh. Yeah, I'll um. I'll put together like a mix. It won't be in any particular <laughs> order, but I'll do we'll, I'll do something. I'll put something but together. But I feel like now oh, that yeah. you know like, where her wheelhouse is, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a range. There's, you know, yes. you, you go from your super poppy, you know, hey, to yeah. drug and juice taste. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and most people fall somewhere along there and you might change over time, you know, uh, like you might uh-huh. start out with the early stuff and land on the later stuff and yeah. you're as you get older, but like everyone's got kind of their wheelhouse where they land, right? Where they prefer to be. Yeah. Now you know Grace's. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do a Grace's jams, Beatles Oof. playlist for you. Guys, I love it. Grace's okay. Jam. What a pod! A new president. Ugh. I'm a new Beatles fan. Man. <laughs> what more could we want? Oh, happy day! Oh, happy day! <laughs> so good, Matt. What do you think? I, I, do you know what? I commend you, Jonathan, because I couldn't write this list. I could not do this. <laughs> um, I, I think it's probably in the right place, but I'm just really looking forward to seeing where you put things, I think. Um, but, but I think, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's got to be in the right place, hasn't it? I think Adam was right in what he was saying there. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can, I can dig it. Julia, what do you uh, think? I think it's pretty good. I don't know that I would argue with this too much. Yeah. Um, um, I kind of sit with Grayson that I don't know all the songs as well as you guys do. Um, so I might put this one a little higher in my personal ranking, but I don't know because I don't know what would be ahead of it. So it's right. like it's hard. And there are some surprises in his rankings. Like every now and then I kind of like just scroll through and like stop on something. And I'm like, huh. That's there. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, let it be let it be known that we don't talk about the rankings that often. I don't even remember like what they are. Like yeah. like I said, every night like maybe three or four times since we started this podcast, I've just like pulled them up just to like see curiously like where like a specific song falls and I'd forget it right after that. Like I'm kind of blind to the the rankings like they're available he's not hiding them but like i just i like i enjoy the surprise like our listeners i kind of like it 
I, I like it to be like a little surprise. And I'm like, he's like, okay, we're recording with so-and-so on this day. And I'm like, oh, what song are we doing? <laughs> I'm a very... Like last night, what song are we doing tomorrow? Yep. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this morning we, we got up to have breakfast and um, we always put on music on Saturday mornings when we're making breakfast or doing whatever in the house. And I went to put something else on. She's like, I really need to listen to the song for the show today. I'm like, honey, that's in like two hours. Yep. <laughs> well, so 195. All right, cool. I think we're at a uh, a good spot here for old when I get home. Let's slot it in there. Mark it, uh, mark it done. Done. Well done, everybody. Um, Y'all want to do some rapid fire questions? Yes. I know. Ra- rapid fire is always fun with a group of people. So, um We'll do um, Matt, Grace, Adam. Okay. And so, like, I'll ask the question, and Ah. then Matt, Grace, Adam. Okay. Okay. All right. Rapid fire theme song. Julia, go. I always forget it. (laughs) Rapid fire. Yeah. Is that right? Did I do it right? Okay. That's it. (laughs) That's it. All right. All right. Rapid fire questions. Elvanilo. Edition. Your favorite Beatles song. Go. Strawberry Fields Forever. There is, it's just the best. It is the absolute best. Love it. Grace? Why don't we do it in the road? Word! Oh, wow! Oh, guys! <laughs> guys, I love it. It's so rough and ready. And it's Paul, so I love it. Yeah! Wild card! That total Come wild on. card. I Come love on. it. Fantastic. It's a great song. Adam? Yes! Adam, how about you? I, I've got a feeling. Yes! Um, I love that song. That's such a fun song to listen to. Fun song to play too. Yeah. One of my like favorite photos of us is we went when we were in Liverpool. We obviously went to the Strawberry Fields Gate and like did like a selfie because we didn't do like the tour. Because he's like, I'm not paying someone to take me to these places. I know more than them. <laughs> no, I just want to be on like a bus with a bunch of like people. And then you're on like their time frame, and they're like, "Can you take a photo for me?" So we just took like an Uber all over town until like all the spots it was and it was significantly more cost effective it was so if anyone's going to liverpool and wants our tour uh tips (laughs) shoot us an email we'll share our google map with you we'll put it out there next time we will drive you around (laughs) oh my gosh i cannot wait to come back and if the magical mystery tour tour company wants to drop a sponsorship in our head (laughs) i will definitely keep that list under wraps (laughs) so anyway one of my favorite photos of us is us because we were there like when we got there there was no one there so it was like great we had i don't probably 30 minutes there maybe 20 minutes there before one of the tour buses showed up so it was great we could he like i know wrote, it was going 20 minutes because there's not it? that much to do there it's just true. maybe it just felt like a, a while because it was just the like the there's no one here yeah you like wrote our names and the date on the wall and like we took a photo and we somehow we look amazing i like <laughs> Just looked really good. We looked great. Like the the England water did wonders for my hair. I don't know Ooh. what the deal was. My hair looked amazing the whole time it we did. were there. It did. It truly did. So I was like, I'm gonna print this out, and I think it's in our living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love one it. of my favorite photos. It was good times. It, a little aside for indeed for our listeners. Indeed, no one cares. It's fine. Uh, uh, rapid fire number two. Your least favorite Beatles song. I detest Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Mm, okay. okay. Just, uh, <laughs> Did someone just say wrong? I said wrong. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh, 
Uh, Sergeant Anything Peppers. in particular that bugs you about it? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just I just hate the story. I I quite like the sound of it. Mm. I hate the uh, the hammer sound effects. I like the mood. That's a real hammer on a real anvil. Yeah, they are the fella. Yeah, I, yep. I don't care. I just hate the song. I just hate <laughs> the story. I think it's so stupid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hate that it's on that album as well. I just <laughs> I just think it ruin it doesn't ruin the album. But if it wasn't there, I'd be like. Wow, what a great album. Our dog Maxwell will be sad to hear this. <laughs> Valid. I'm just kidding, it's fine. <laughs> Grace, how about you? It's Sergeant Peppers. The song Sergeant Pepper? Yes. Interesting. Uh, are, mm-hmm. are you looping uh, with a little help from my friends as well with that? Um. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, 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 okay. In the bin, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> October 20th. (laughs) (laughs) Adam, how about you? Uh, Revolution 9. Okay, okay. I think it's the only Beatles song I've never actually listened to all the way through. Yeah. It does nothing for me. I don't need any primal scream therapy or whatever it is. I don't. That song, I I find it really interesting because it's it's obviously not like a song song as we like Mm. know songs and song structure to be. Um, But if you listen to it like in headphones as just like a what's happening here for the next eight minutes there's a yeah. lot of stuff to unpack and it's really like grown on me as something that's like an interesting listen i don't want to do it all the time but when i do i find <laughs> it like really like there's always something new to discover in that song mm. and that's what like I, a, one of the things i like it's like an art it. piece isn't it yeah just like this. yeah so that's, that's yeah me. so like the mood that you approach the song with can change i think what you hear from it which is kind of an okay. interesting thing like mm-hmm. some days you might hear more like aggression in it or some days you might hear more like uh silliness to it it's very really weird listen but i, I have grown to enjoy that track but I can see that also being someone's absolute least favorite. So yeah. I anticipate lots of hate mail when that comes in uh, <laughs> next year at some point. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, favorite Beatles album? Um, oh, this is hard, isn't it? This is like the, one of the hardest questions. Yeah. Um, probably Abbey Road because it's where I found the Beatles. Yeah. And so I just, I just, but having said that my least favorite song is on it. <laughs> 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 I just think it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, Hard Day's Night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew that was coming, but it's still great. <laughs> Adam, how about you? Uh, please please me. For the same reasons, Matt, that's where I found the Beatles. And uh, and it's the one of the few albums I have in my life that I can listen to on repeat. Back to back to back to back to back. And I really love every moment of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Beautiful. Um, favorite Beatle? Oh man! What kind of um, person are you, Matt? Now's the time uh, to decide. <laughs> <laughs> no when, when we had you guys on our podcast and we talked about John a lot, mm-hmm. it kind of made me think a lot about it. But I think I think I remember saying on that um, that John is the most human or shows his most human sides, and I can relate a lot to him. Um, not that I've done all the things that John has done, but, uh, <laughs> but we should hope not. <laughs> but John is probably my favorite. Okay. Okay. Paul. Paul. Girl. Oh, and kind of George, just because I feel like everyone forgets about him. <laughs> <But> mainly Paul. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'm going with John as well. I mean, it changes from month to month. But... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, your favorite memory associated with a Beatles song? So my favorite memory is me and Adam in our uh, parents' garden just playing Beatles songs. Yeah. And we had this little black book and uh, we were just singing loads of Beatles songs. And I can't remember the occasion. I can't remember why we were doing it, but we just had a great night. And I wish, I mean, at the moment, Aww. it looks like I'll never be able to do that ever again. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I can't wait to do that again. And it was just a really great memory. Yeah. yeah like um, help for me. Um, I was listening to that um, with my class in school. So I, I used to be a teacher. I taught year one. And um, we were listening to the Beatles because Paul McCartney was our focus artist. And I played Help and they just lost their minds and were dancing all around the room. They loved it and they would ask me to put it on all the time. And I just think it was really cute that moment when they went crazy and just... That's awesome. Just started all dancing around the room. It was amazing. Huh. That's so That's sweet. That's really fun. Mine's, a, mine's not as sweet as Matt's was. So I feel like I should change it. That's not that <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, mine, uh, mine involves, again, friend Daniel Layden. Uh, and I remember, I can't remember what the song is, but I remember that it was Sgt. Pepper's, the album. And I remember rushing into school as I'd just got it on my iPod and like, listening to it with him and going, Andrew, yeah, this bit and his bit and he's like, Oh yeah, no, I know. I'm like, but this bit's really good. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. And he does this. Like, it's so cool. And I just like remember going through all that album with uh, with him. But also something to do with Matt, really. Sweet memory. <laughs> Brotherly memory. Yeah. Right. That, that memory that I I forgot about that as well, man. It was all right. It means was, that... no, it was it was it was good at the time. I remember it comes up on my time up every so often. So those are also good memories associated Aww. with that. I like it. And then finally, which Beatle had the worst perm in the 70s? Was it Ringo or was it George? Oh, man. <laughs> I've got the answer there. No room. I don't even uh, know what they look like. I'm going to have to Google that. They're... It's not George. It's probably Ringo. Yeah. I would say Ringo. There's no wrong answer. No. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say George, because George also, I don't know whether he was ill. If he was ill, this is going to make me sound really bad. But he just, he goes dead, dead, dead skinny, and he's got the really weird mustache. Mm -hmm. George, for me, is a little bit... He was pretty ill at the time, wasn't he? He looked a little rough in the 70s. I I think he was having a bit of like an addiction time there. Yeah, Yeah, that's um, Which is terrible, but also he should have then cut his hair. The perm doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help. In any situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I think we've I think we've answered all those correctly. <laughs> Nobody should have. No one should have a perm. Fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, goodness gracious, guys! I feel like we've we've covered a lot of ground here. I love it. What do you? Yeah. How do y'all feel about everything? I feel like I've been on a roller coaster. <laughs> this this is like a red letter day. My goodness. Honestly. My goodness. Well, I do need to go have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're gonna. Uh, Oh, it's on our podcast if it's not about Ringo maybe it's going to be peace and harmony from now on <laughs> maybe we, we can't argue anymore maybe we move on to like Pete Best and just other yeah. Beatles drummers <laughs> Beatle adjacent drummers like like Jimmy Nickel whatever happened to that guy nobody knows no he could be Obscurity. he could be hanging around the corner from y'all and y'all don't even know he's, he's just sitting in a dive bar talking about his week with the Beatles oof 
<laughs> That's all. I'd be, I'd be dining out on it for years. Well, I was a beetle. I was a beetle. Yep. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> I felt so bad. If you look at the pictures and like they like brushed his hair forward, and it obviously mm. just was not like a good look for the guy at all. <laughs> like poor man. He's weirdly tall and stocky compared to yeah. the rest of them. Like he looks like Frankenstein. Yes, he bit. does. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He does look like a Frankenstein. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Poor guy. This is not a Jimmy Nichols Stan podcast. <laughs> Look, I have nothing but respect and admiration for the guy. He's done something none of us will ever do. Air. Be a beetle. Yep. So kudos. Well, tell our listeners, if you would, uh, how did the idea for Elvanilo come about? Amazing. So we, well, I thought about starting the podcast basically because me and Adam just love to chat about music. Mm. <laughs> it's basically where it started from. Um, and basically, I mean, I remember doing a gig with Adam and someone coming up to me um, and saying, have you ever heard, oh, this is my favorite band. Have you ever heard of them? And it was someone really bizarre and strange. Um, is it like Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine? Has anyone ever heard of that? No, but what a great name. <laughs> band (laughs) and i remember just thinking like we could just chat music forever and ever and then um i don't know i listen to a lot of podcasts with people talking about like greatest albums Mm -hmm. but they're always very nostalgic because they were always there like in the 60s or you know it's always like a lot of old men talking about how they look stuff like that which is fine but for us or you get the opposite where you have like these young people who are just the opposite and like oh man the 60s sucks or whatever <laughs> um, so really it was just a chance for me and Adam and Grace now now she's joined the team to talk about um, to talk about music and just do what we like do what we love to do yeah and how did you get looped in Grace because I know you kind of came in to the scene a few episodes in right Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were too adult. <laughs> no, <laughs> Ratings were low. <laughs> um, no, it was a jazz episode, wasn't it, Miles Davis? Yeah, you were the resident jazz expert. I was, yeah, I was brought in as a resident jazz expert, which, of course, I know everything there is to know about jazz ever in the world. Um, and yeah, I and. I was just asked to return by popular demand, wasn't it, Matthew? <laughs> the listeners yeah. had spoken. <laughs> Grace will be the first one out, but you know, she was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, so you guys started with an older version of Rolling Stone's Top 100, and then you took a break during quarantine, mm-hmm. and then Rolling Stone dropped a new Top 100. What was what Pretty was like? Selfish. What was the text message thread like at this point? <laughs> like, what was the conversation when this happened? Because we had the conversation of like, what's going to happen to Elvin? <laughs> we did a FaceTime, didn't we? We did. We had a full on like staff meeting. <laughs> what, what are we going to do? Everybody assemble, Vanilla. <laughs> We had a and we had our mine and Matt's sister lady who helps with the social media because she's younger and she gets it. Um, and like we were even like, Lid, I know you're not on the podcast, but what do you think we should do? Just like, yeah, it was a bit of a mad one, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and basically, like when we did that call, I basically thought like, wouldn't it be so funny if we got like 30 episodes in and then started again? Like that is the most. <laughs> and so at the time, it felt like a good idea, and then. The list is more inclusive and mm-hmm. diverse 
and so we don't just talk about 1968 every week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it actually feels like we can understand and and or we have an understanding about the music, mm. whereas we have we have no clue what's going on in 68. So, right. yeah, so that we kind of changed the list and wanted to be more diverse. And I guess we're at a time when you know the world is changing or like our concepts of what we think the world is like uh we need to change our attitudes especially like just middle class white people (laughs) basically yeah other people involved and there's more music than just us in the 60s um that's kind of like a funny answer in a serious answer all in one but (laughs) i think it's great though because you know that's spot on i mean there's no shortage of podcasts that discuss those those albums um Mm. And you know, I and I enjoy listening to those albums get discussed because they're albums that I love. But I also love looking at things that I didn't quite give consideration to when they first mm-hmm. came around, or things that I've never heard because they're out of my wheelhouse. And like, I think it's great that Rolling Stone thought you know, Sgt. Pepper doesn't need to be number one anymore. Like maybe mm-hmm. there's been something that's better than that. You know, I and, think that's so great. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's good to, you know whether whether you agree with how their placement is or not I think it's good to consider the fact that like music has grown and changed over the last you know 40 50 mm. years and some things are just as valid culturally and musically and need to kind of be discussed with that same weight um, so I'm interested yeah. in you know in looking at where everything's going you know I think th- I'm glad that you guys are are switching to the new top 100. I think it's a really cool uh, cool list, and it's just more episodes that we get to enjoy. So yep, exactly. Yeah, and uh, where uh, where can our listeners find Elvanilo? So it should be on all your podcast streams uh, that you listen to. So wherever you got ranking the Beatles from, we should be there too. Uh, and we mainly work on uh, Facebook or Instagram, but mainly Instagram. And so you can find us at El Vanilo. And we'd love to chat to you. We'd, we'd love to listen along and just have those conversations going. And yeah, we're just all finding new music together. So if you're if you're down for that, we'd love to have you along for the ride. See, that's how I can tell that you guys have like a younger person running your social media is like the bulk of your conversations on Instagram. Ours is on Facebook. Because <laughs> like <laughs> us, you know, mid 30s people just we, we Facebook well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like, man, no one does our no one follows our Instagram. <laughs> but I also don't care that much about it. So. Also, hot tip listeners, if you enjoy El Vanilo, which I'm sure you do, if you're smart, uh, they just dropped some super cute merch. Yeah. yeah. And you should get some. I need to order like you pulled up the website and then I got distracted and forgot to order something. So let's do that this weekend. <laughs> can, can we get that merch in the States? Is it available in the States? Okay. Yeah. In fact, you can get more of it. We can't get the stickers in the UK, but you can what? in the, which is crazy. So huh. special offer. That's what it is. It's, yeah. We've done that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, that's for our special American fans. <laughs> <laughs> special it. relationship across the pond. American exceptionalism at its finest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we get things not offered to other countries. Well, now we have to buy. Among other things, a sticker. We were lamenting <laughs> that uh, we live in a tropical, hot climate, uh, which is kind of like the face of the sun, and <laughs> it's almost never like appropriate like jumper weather here. No. Like, I'm gonna go outside and play a show in like 45 minutes, and I'm gonna be sweating in a short sleeve shirt 
while all three of you have on sweaters and long sleeves. <laughs> and I'm insanely jealous because I wish we lived in cold weather climate. Yeah. Uh, y'all look <laughs> quite cozy. We can swap for a bit. It's actually yeah. 100%. Yeah. We'll just swap over every few months. <laughs> Do like a, like a house swap. It'll be great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, y'all, this has been so much fun. I am so glad yes. that we've gotten to do this again. I'm so glad that we've gotten to become pod pals with y'all. It's so fun yeah. to uh, to interact and see each other's shows uh, blossom and grow, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Love it. <laughs> well, everybody, please go follow Elvanilo on all their socials. Subscribe on your podcast uh, provider of choice. And every Tuesday, we both drop new episodes. So. Your Tuesday plans are given to you. Like we, we're we're taking care of it for you. You're welcome. You're all welcome. It's a service we provide. So, yeah. Well, we will let you guys go for the day, uh, for the evening, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this has been a blast, y'all. Thank you so much for doing it as always. We'll do it again Thank soon. Enjoy your celebration of your new president. Yes, we will. We will. We'll have a <laughs> beverage or two for you. Oh, my. <laughs> Thanks awesome. for having us, guys. A pleasure as always, guys. Thanks so much, y'all. Y'all have Thank a you. good rest of the day. Talk to you soon. Bye. Adios. It's so great to see y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye. El Vanilo, everybody. Yes. The good people. I love those kids. I love hanging with them. I'm like, I love those kids. I'm such a <laughs> meemaw. I'm sorry. You are a meemaw. It's, it's okay. It's I'm cute. like your little old Italian grandma. When Adam was like, you know, our dad used to, it was the 90s, so our dad was listening to Oasis. And I'm like, dude, I was listening to Oasis in the 90s. Come on, man. I'm not that old. Surprise! (laughs) You are. I'm not. It's fine. You're fine. It's okay. I mean, we are old enough to be parents, so. But we're not. We are not. We have, but we have birthed a podcast. (laughs) Our bad baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of labor. But it's a labor of love. Oh, this is getting weird. Yeah, this is getting weird. Okay, let's wrap it up. (laughs) Anyhow, you guys, um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. If you have, please be sure to leave us a good review with some kind words on your podcast provider of choice. Smash that subscribe button. Like us on social medias. um, And do the same to our friends El Vanilo, if you would, please. And grab uh, one of their cool-looking T-shirts or jumpers, sweatshirts, as we call them here in the U.S. and A. Um, yeah. Julia, have you had fun today? Absolutely. Wonderful. I love them. They're so fun. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you guys, this has been a wonderful new episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we will see you back next week with a new episode with a really good guest. I'm very excited about it. Me too. And uh, it's a twofer, so it'll be a doozy. Bam, bam. Two for the price of one. Anyhow, you guys have a great week, and we will see you on the flippity flop. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. (laughs) And I'm not saying flippity flop again. (laughs) This has been Ranking the Beatles. Have a good weekend, or good week, whatever, I don't know. (laughs) Adios. Bye, (laughs) y'all. Hey, everybody, Jonathan here. Uh, We wanted to share a little bit of bonus audio with you this week. It didn't seem to fall under the bloopers category, though, so I thought I would give you a little explanation. Uh, As we were recording this episode on Saturday, November 9th, we received word while we were taping uh, that Joe Biden had won the presidential election. 
If you have listened to our show before, it is no surprise that this was the outcome we were hoping for. Um, And so it was really neat to get to share it uh, with our friends. Uh, So I didn't think the conversation fit well in the episode in its context, but we did think that it was very interesting and historical um, to preserve this moment. So we would like to share with you the actual moment that we all found out in real time that Donald Trump had lost the presidential election. So here you go for your enjoyment. All right. So a brief rundown on the history of when I get home. Written about May 1964, When I Get Home is recorded for the album A Hard Day's Night, not to be included in the film, but on the second side of the record. Uh, Now, by all accounts, this song was written during or shortly after a much-deserved vacation to Tahiti, where John took uh, his wife Cynthia, as well as George and his new girlfriend Patty Boyd, who he recently met on the set of the film A Hard Day's Night. Uh, And this followed a period of work that saw the band release their second number one album in the UK, Conquer America, make the film A Hard Day's Night, record the album A Hard Day's Night, in addition to a number of concerts, TV appearances, and BBC sessions. I'm sorry. I have to stop you really quick. We have a new president. It's official. (gasps) No way. I was just texted by my (gasps) girlfriend. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Okay, I know you wanted to know, and a a friend just texted like a screenshot. Guys, how do you feel? (sighs) Relieved. Um, You know, he's he's not the perfect candidate. Uh, He's not the most progressive candidate that we wanted, but it's uh, better than what we've had. It's a fine place to be, and hopefully we can he can like bare minimum get coronavirus under control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bare minimum. 122,000 oh, new cases yesterday? Yep. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So rough. Uh, it's such a relief, y'all. Good God. I feel <laughs> so honored that we're here for this moment. I know. Y'all, we will now have yes. that moment of what were you doing when you found out Donald Trump lost re-election? We were doing a podcast Yay. with Elvin <laughs> Yes. We are forever bonded. Can we put this part Amazing. in bloopers at the end of the show? <laughs> Uh, I need a drink in my hand. Right. <laughs> well, the great thing is when I leave here, I'm going to play an acoustic thing at this club that's serving like Bloody Marys and coffee. So like, I will definitely have a strong Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there will be day drinking today for me. All right. <laughs> Thank you.